Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. What happens when a giant wrench gets thrown into the gears of life? You have plans to do things, start things, finish things, and then something jumps in from left field and just forces everything to come to a screeching halt. We all have the ability to make choices. In every circumstance, we can choose to react, to become paralyzed, or to pivot and make a new course of action. Right now, a giant reset button has been pressed on the entire world. All our lives have been affected by the coronavirus. Jobs are lost, people are sick, people are dying, people are locked indoors, and new information keeps coming out every day that keeps changing the narrative. My guest today is Keone Madrid. Keone is a dancer, choreographer, educator, director, writer, producer. His work can be seen everywhere from Broadway stages to working with some of the biggest names in music. He and his wife's choreography has been featured on numerous shows such as NBC's World of Dance, So If You Can Dance, The Ellen Show, just to name a few. And most recently, they were in New York working on their show Beyond Babel, as well as working on a major Broadway musical. And all of that came to a screeching halt, obviously, with the onset of the coronavirus here in the States. And so they shut everything down in New York and returned back home to San Diego uh, earlier in March when the lockdowns began here. And it was at that time where Keone realized that he was getting sick and uh, a lot of the symptoms that uh, were showing were that of the coronavirus. So he quickly sought uh, medical advice and um, did what he could to isolate himself to obviously protect his family, his daughter and his wife. And um, he opened up a lot about uh, just, yeah, the, the, the fear and I guess the, the unknown. A lot of the information was still brand new at the time. And so um, some of the stuff that he talks about, I think is very helpful even for those who um, are gonna listen in. Uh, a lot of the things that he wasn't being told um, in the news and stuff that he was uh, learning for himself. But um, I think the thing that was really encouraging to me and inspiring in this, uh, in talking to him was, that's obviously going to be a very scary thing um, to to get this disease that's brand new that there is no vaccine for. There's not a lot of information out there, and rather than letting that fear cripple him or or discourage him, he did what he needed to do. And I think for those who may know Keone, he's uh, known for being this sort of mamba mentality. He is a kinja. We call him Kiobi within our within our own crew, but he has the mentality of um, doing whatever it takes to get the job done and not just to get the job done, but do it in the best way possible. And I think that not only translates to the way that he um, trains as a creator and as a dancer, but that mentality quickly went into effect with obviously protecting his family. So um, he gets into a lot of the details, which I'll let you guys get into um, as you listen to him talk. But um, I think the, the thing that really I got from this conversation was um, in the face of fear, in the face of something uh, as scary as uh, a virus that is life-threatening um, and how he was able to um, just create a plan of action to stick to it 
to be uh, drastic with it and to um, obviously now see him in good health, uh, to see his family in good health and to be able to talk on a level where I think the information that um, he has shared um, is going to be very helpful. Uh, it was very helpful for me because he's actually the only person that I know that has had it and has um, gotten over it. I think this is a really good episode. Um, I think even in terms of how he's utilizing this time in quarantine, rather than allowing or not allowing it to be something that just puts him in a funk, but actually learning that when something is taken away that he's gaining something else. And so um, as you can kind of tap into his mentality of, of how he's choosing to learn and grow during this time, the things that he's doing to train physically, uh, to keeping himself on point, uh, knowing that he can go back to work at any at any given moment, but also learning that he has time to now expand his mind in certain ways. So um, I think this is a really good episode for all of us. We're all in this together. Everybody's having their own unique experiences with quarantine. And we all have the ability to grow during this time. And I think that's something that uh, Keone definitely uh, embodies and is, is living out and, and wants to even emphasize and encourage others out there to use this time well. And um, I think one thing that really stuck out to me is how he and his family are choosing to um, use this time to be kind and to uh, help people. And uh, I think they're doing that very well. And um, I think in just even in popping into this pod to talk about his experience, I think is very uh, helpful and uh, encouraging. Um, I think this is a really good one. We took, um, we took some questions at the end from the people who tuned into the live feed on the Kinja's Instagram. And um, I think it was just a, yeah, it's a good time just to catch up with him. And I'm so glad to see uh, him healthy and in good spirits. Um, I think this one is has a lot, has a lot to offer, another fun one. Um, I think that's it. Let's get into it. Welcome to Kinja's Podcast Live. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to start giving this intro. So every week we are doing this thing live. And uh, like I say every week, um, we do want to uh, take questions from you guys here in the chat. So <clears throat> go ahead and just type in your questions here now or throughout the, the conversation. And uh, Charlie Guy, who is digitally going to be taking down these questions, are going to he's going to send them over to me so that at the end of this pod, uh, we're going to answer some of those, uh, as many as we can of those questions. So go ahead and plug the questions in here. Sorry if I don't, um, we're not going to be able to answer the questions as they're coming in. Uh, obviously, because I'm going to be talking to my guests, but go ahead and plug them in here and we're going to answer those questions at the end. Cool. Um, oh, also, if uh, well, obviously you guys are here now, but whoever is not here, uh, not listening. Hi, too. Happy Easter. Um, we're going to put all the audio from these pods onto the podcast platforms that will be dropping on Wednesday of that week. But you're here now. So thank you guys for joining. We're going to hop into it. My guest today, my special surprise guest. Every, every week we're going to do a surprise guest. We're not going to say who it is. That's why you see these little question marks here. Um, so you can try to guess. I'm sure this one's going to be kind of easy, but let's go for it. So we have dancer, choreographer, educator, co-creator, director, and writer of Beyond Babble Show. I already gave it away. 
his work can be seen everywhere from Broadway stages to some of the biggest names in music, such as Billie Eilish, BTS, and Justin Bieber, co-creator of the first dance ebook, Ruth. Um, he and his wife's choreography has been featured on shows as, uh, such as NBC World of Dance, So You Think You Can Dance, The Ellen Show, just to name a few. <laughs> He's the husband to Mari and father to Numa. And um, yeah, and uh, he is going to be joining us. Keone! What's up, Ben? How you doing, man? Dude, I am well, man. How are you, bro? I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. And I'm so, forgive me if I'm like super noobing out on this. This is my first on uh, this IG Live shared thing, so. Yeah, technology, man. It's, it's uh, thank God for technology. Happy Easter, bro. You too, man. Really, really happy to, um, to spend this day with you, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy time. And, I, and um, you know, Easter is usually a day we spend time with family and, and with people. And just kind of weird to celebrate it like this. But I'm glad that I can do this with you today, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's been a wild year. So I was going back to the first podcast that we did. You were actually, like, you and Mario were one of our uh, first guests. It was like episode 10 or something like that. So it was like, where this is now going to be episode 91. Wow. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, man, there's so much to catch up with. But I was kind of listening to the last episode just to kind of like uh, touch back on what did we talk about last time? And um one of the things that you guys were talking about as far as goals and things that you guys wanted to accomplish, you were like, uh, I want to start a family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. It was before Mari was pregnant. This was and everything. before Mari was pregnant. Wow. So um, that's kind of our checkpoint. So we can kind of start from there. If you guys don't know, um, we can, I mean, the origin stories, we, we covered that last time. So if you guys are wondering what Keone's origin stories, go back to that, that original episode earlier on in the, the pod. Uh, that was definitely a good one. But um, yeah, man, let's talk about life from there, man. You guys crushed one of those goals. I don't want to say crushed one of those goals. Achieved one of those goals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys brought a beautiful young girl into the world, Numa. Um, how has life been since then, man? Oh, man, it's um, it's been turned upside down. I mean, I, I, I think I, I talk about um, Numa a lot on, on social media, just how special she is to me. And, and really like just that day, you know, I, I always tell people like, you know, that feeling of, of falling in love with somebody o over time. And that, that takes, um, and some, some people it takes like a day or two to fall in love with someone like that. But, uh, a lot of people take some time and, and to, to meet someone, uh, for the first time, the instant you see them to like, fall deeply in love with them as if you had been in love with them for, for your entire life is a, a crazy feeling and just to exponentially grow um, as a father and see her grow, learn new things every day with her and while like, you know, I'm, it's unfortunate that it's, it's happened like this uh, with coronavirus but we've had a lot of time to spend with her and uh, she's doing new things every day so she's entertaining the hell out of us for sure. Yeah, that's awesome man. Um, the, the last interview that we had was um, at the Beyond Babel um, Theater, well, the one in San Diego, the, the, the one that you guys made from a gym to a, a theater, and um, that was obviously a huge uh, thing for the dance community as a whole. Um, I know that was something that you and Mari had kind of been uh, working on for a really long time, and then um, 
you guys took that to New York and you guys spent a good uh, majority of, was it last year? That's the tail end of 2019 out there in New York. Um, can you talk about just the, the journey of Beyond Babel? Like how, I mean, from uh, where we, you know, where we talked to you guys last to taking it to someplace like New York, you know, to be off Broadway, you know, uh, what's that, what was that like for you guys? Yeah, so, you know, I, I know, yeah, the last time we talked, I, I remember we were in uh, what w- would have been the boys' dressing room, but at the time it was just like this empty space and there was construction zone and it was just like sawdust and metal dust everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we opened the show in San Diego. I had a good um, extended run in San Diego. Everything that we did there was with the intention to try and bring it to New York. Um, with our co-producers, uh, Hideaway Circus, uh, they have a lot of contacts in New York, so that was really the the goal from the beginning. And we had a run from I think it was October all the way until end of March, so that was a, a decent sized run for for a dance show in San Diego. And we were like kind of in the middle of uh, nowhere, like we were we were five ten minutes from downtown, but we were like in an area that if you drove up, you'd be like, is this the show? And it is kind of sketchy vibes but i think that's what the show is kind of about it had this kind of hand handmade feel to it and uh to later bring that to to new york was an insane experience because we had to do a presentation of the show uh in february of 2019 um and we basically brought different um uh, theater venue owners um, friends and other uh, incredible creatives uh, producers um, to come watch and see like a sample of the show and that went really well so we were shopping for venues throughout uh, the rest of 2019 and luckily there was this venue um, right next to the Washington Square Arch um, in, uh, in New York and just this iconic area also an iconic area where, where modern dance was um, was uh founded and created um uh during um or in the uh gym at judson space where where beyond babel is at now and um yeah fast forwarding to the new york run man we had an amazing run like we had some incredible reviews from the new york times which is like like a godsend and you know all we could expect was uh just for people to come and to watch and to hopefully appreciate the dance but for them to feel something to to uh, see a, a story and, and to see the potential in this new, uh, what for New York is a, a, like a, a new style of dance, especially in the theater scene, um, was major for us. And a show that's like all, all dancers is, you know, that's uh, an incredible thing too. So, but yeah, we, we, uh, we opened up in New York and we, we had some, um, uh, some amazing times, but unfortunately like with the coronavirus stuff, um, it, it, we had to shut down um, indefinitely, um, but we felt like even if the show were to be done and were to never do its thing, like I feel very fortunate and very um, uh, satisfied with what we were able to accomplish. Yeah, man, that's incredible. I mean, when I saw the show, um, I saw it in, when it was in San Diego. Um, I wanted to go check it out in New York, but obviously, yeah, things just got crazy too. But um, I mean, from a, a dancer's perspective and somebody who, um, you know, is familiar with your guys' work and, and, and the cast and everybody in there. And and kind of went, I went into it thinking like, oh, shoot, okay, this is going to be um, just like a dance show, right? And then um, it was way, way beyond that. Haha. Um, it was definitely something where I was like, man, there was absolute storytelling in here. And I, I think I, what was also cool about it, there's a lot of uh, room for interpretation too in terms of what the story was and 
Um, but man, and I, I even saw how the show evolved and um, the stuff that you guys are putting out, putting in new material and things like that. Um, I think definitely, um, I don't know, in my mind, that's, that's a historical thing um, for something that is completely uh, dance driven in terms of narrative. And man, you guys were, um, in terms of the physicality and the movement, and, and it was no, you guys were kind of like, all right, let's see what we can get away with, man. You guys were going off. Uh, for that entire time and, and for you to take that to something like New York where I was like, wow, they're really going places with that, man. So um, super proud, man, as, a, as your friend and as like somebody that comes from this community to see um, dance kind of a, on that kind of stage is amazing, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. it it's pretty crazy because like in, along with the New York Times review, um, they did a, a review because West Side Story had just got revived in, in New York and had a, a Broadway debut. Of, of their new revival and they did it in a totally like modern interpretive way um, and it was just pretty crazy to like Beyond Babel got name dropped in that review as just an example of another show that is reinventing um, uh, the way movement is seen in a theater atmosphere so it's crazy because we've been we've been in this community for so long you know it's like 20 almost 30 years deep now no it's 30 years deep now and it's like you know it's still it feels old to us but it's so new to majority of the world so it's it's still like an eye-opener to, to all that is yet to be untapped uh, out there in New York, especially. Yeah. Um, so outside of the Beyond Babel show, I mean, you guys had your hands full. I mean, you guys were also doing the Britney Spears uh, musical. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I don't even know how, how many hours you guys have in your day. But like, how are these guys doing this? This is crazy. So um, yeah, how did that come about? How, and how did you juggle both of those things? Bro, it was, so, this was like summer, summer 2019, and we're, it's like a normal day, I'm driving home, it's actually like a couple days from my, from my birthday, um, Mari's like a, less than a month from having Numa, so she's like ready to pop, and I get this call from uh, our manager, Cheyenne, um, just about the Britney musical and an update, because um, to kind of backtrack on, on what had happened, we, we were hired like two years ago as choreographers um, and we had been under um, two different directors um, and the second direct director got let go. So they were shopping for different directors and um, our names were on the table, but just with our lack of Broadway experience um, and musical experience as a director, like we just felt like our, there's no way with this like kind of million dollar production that like our names would be like risked in that table of like um, of new directors. But um, long story short, on the drive home, just get this call from Cheyenne and, and she's like, hey, um, they want you as, your, as the director for this Broadway musical you and Mari and that I remember driving home and telling Mari and both of us were just like crying because this was something that we thought we could do maybe like five, 10 years from now. Um, and after getting some more shows under our belt and experiencing directing with specifically like actors and just beyond um, uh, the realm of dance um, and tapping just more into the, the, the depths of storytelling and uh, we were on a roller coaster once, it, as soon as we said yes, it was like excitement and then it was immediately like fear. Like, holy crap, the responsibilities, the pressure, I don't wanna do a bad job, I don't wanna get fired, you know, <laughs> all those things. Um, but we went into it, we, we did a, um, what they do in the Broadway scene is they do these uh, developments where you, you go spend like a few weeks with 
um, actors that may, might be a part of the show or, or might just be there for the, for the development and you put together a rough draft of the show, you have investors come and watch and, and give more money and, uh, or not give money. Um, and uh, that was our first rodeo at that. And then we had just started up, you know, um, basically as soon as we had opened Beyond Babel in New York, we went right into Britney's stuff and every day was just a whirlwind. I don't know how we had the time um, to do it, but we just, you know, when you go day by day and you're just like, you take a deep breath and you say, okay, here we go. This is, I have to remember that this is what I love to do. This is what I dream to do. Um, and uh, it was just an amazing experience, man. Like, and it, if anything, it like, it validated for us that like, yeah, we've been, we've been working on this for like our entire lives. Um, and, and we're ready to, to do this and we're ready to like represent our, our dance community, you know, our, our community back home and hopefully knock, knock some doors down for, for dancers and, and coming, coming up into the director role. Um, that was a special time for us. And again, that had to pause because of coronavirus, but we had so much momentum going, so much com camaraderie that like, I seriously cannot wait for people to see that because I think that's going to be going to be the biggest ambush of a show because people are not going to expect what they're going to see it's not what like you would think a britney spears musical is, is going to be a certain thing but I, when you walk into that show and you're crying at some point in the show you're gonna be like i'm crying to britney spears that's when you're gonna know like wow the show's gonna be something special so we're excited about that that's great so did, did the show uh, actually have uh, opportunity to open up or it's not open yet no so um yeah so we started rehearsals for it um and uh in march the first week of march started rehearsals and um we had to stop that second week of march um it was pretty crazy the, the whole the whole experience with broadway shutting down it was really emotional for a lot of people because there's so many friends the community just like how the dance community is really tight the broadway community is even smaller um so there's a lot of um, friendship in that arena and um, it was like the middle of the second week or actually the second week when the coronavirus news started popping up in New York um, for me and Mari like in Numa we would stop taking uh, the subway we started taking lifts and it's just like slow progressions like that just washing your hands a lot more often washing who you're touching things like that and then just one day it was like we woke up and nah, we, we, we woke up we went to rehearsal and in the middle of rehearsal everyone's phone started going off and it was, uh, oh, Governor Cuomo is going to shut down Broadway. And all of us were like in the middle of rehearsal trying to, you know, put together this piece. But at the same time, mentally just being in this, like what's happening, you know, needing to contact family, what's going on, family contacting you, asking if you're okay. Um, and then 24 hours later, um, we decided to, to indefinitely postpone everything for the Britney musical. We were going to do a pre-Broadway pre-Broadway run in Chicago to test out in front of audiences and then open up on Broadway in the fall slash winter. Um, obviously our Chicago run is, is, is canceled, it's not gonna happen, which is very unfortunate, but we're still looking forward to that November-ish timeline of like the opportunity to maybe open up in, on Broadway, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like no one knows what's happening right now, so um, we're just, um, we're just staying ready and, and, um, looking forward to whenever the time is right, it's going to be right. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, when you guys are out there, you know, starting these new projects that are these, you know, dreams come true. And then all of a sudden, um, something just happens that puts a big pin in everything. It's like, everything's on pause. 
Um, nothing's, you know, nothing's for certain. And so you guys came back, um, you guys came back from New York, uh, what sometime, what was it the second or third week of March? Was it like right before the lockdowns officially happened here? Right? Yeah, it was, um, it was that it was a Thursday. I just remember it was a Thursday because that was also the same day that Broadway closed was the, the night we decided to indefinitely stop beyond Babel. So that was the last show that we had. Um, and then the next day, um, I think me and Mari came home on that Saturday uh, because we had used the next day to figure out what we we're going to do and then to figure out a flight home. And mind you, we had planned to be in New York for eight months. So it wasn't just like, all right, pack your bags and leave. It was pack up your apartment, put it in nine boxes, somehow get that down the elevator with a baby, put it in a lift. Hopefully the Lyft driver will let you win their car because of coronavirus with all these boxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and then mail it home with not knowing how much that junk is going to cost. And uh, and then hop on your flight. <laughs> so um, and it was crazy because I had been feeling kind of achy. Um, and I thought that was because of soreness from from Beyond Babel from doing our last show because it being our last show, you know, everyone was going a little extra ham and uh, uh, I, I was feeling pretty sore, but um, on that flight going home, as soon as we got home in the next day, uh, which was like still second week of March, we got home on a Saturday night. I, like my, my symptoms started really picking up with like, it went from like soreness aches to like, oh, I, I don't want to move aches. And then the chills and all that stuff started picking up. And um, I, I had already gotten the flu like a month before and I never get the flu more than once. So I was like, I'm 90% I'm sure I have this. Um, so it was, uh, um, it was scary and, you know, I, I, we had posted on our Instagram, the, the experience a little bit about it, but, you know, definitely, um, you know, lots of things running through my head as far as like being a father and, and a husband and being responsible and, and doing my part and, but also being like very fearful of putting this out there. Like, I don't want to be, you know, some, somehow in my mind, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking fearfully about this, like. I don't want people to think I'm, you know, whatever. I don't know. Just anything is running through your head about like being one of the few people with coronavirus when you don't know many people actually getting coronavirus. Um, and uh, luckily, like um, Mari and Numa were okay. But um, for myself, it took me a few days to kind of get out of that like flu-like symptom sickness. And um, it wasn't like so maybe the fourth or fifth day into my like recovering from the flu symptoms and feeling like physically well to then going into, I can't smell or taste anything. That was the ultimate, like, yeah, you, you got coronavirus. <laughs> um, because in the, in the Britney Spears uh, musical group, group chat that we have with each other, uh, one of the people put down in the, in the text thread, like, hey, I lost my taste and smell. And here's an article talking about how that's a symptom of coronavirus. It's not talked about as much. Um, and it's pretty telling. And then like six or seven of us spoke up in the thread, like, oh my God, I can't taste or smell anything either. And, you know, we had been in contact with each other, rehearsing with each other. So there's no doubt that we like all contracted it from each other. Um, and some people went, went forward to get tests and, and a few of them tested positives. I'm sure some of them are still waiting for results. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, I got on the phone with, with uh, medical officials and they were just, you know, stay at home because especially in San Diego, there's not that many tests because San Diego's a smaller city and um, the, the numbers aren't as bad over here as like say in New York. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just, um, 
you know, the, the taste symptoms thing didn't come back until maybe, God, I think I was experiencing that for like a week and a half to two weeks, which sucked because Mari was killing it in the kitchen and she was making these feasts. And I was like, I cannot taste any of this. I'm so sad. Um, just drinking wine and not tasting anything, man. <laughs> it was sad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's crazy, bro. I, I, okay, well, first of all, man, thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for your transparency and, and sharing, sharing this. Because, uh, I mean, even for myself, man, I got a ton of questions, and I'm sure um, people in here are, are wondering, too. You're actually probably the only person that I've ever spoken to that has had it, and obviously you're, you, you seem to be doing well. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kin Aesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kin Aesthetic Brand. Uh, so, you know, for yourself after finding that out, because I, like, I, I can totally imagine the thoughts running through your head. Like, I get it. Like, man, I don't know if I want to tell people that I have it because I don't know what people are going to think about me and blah, blah, blah. It's a brand new thing. The world has never seen this. So, and especially when there's no vaccine and, and there's all nothing but a bunch of just kind of like theories about it and things weren't fully confirmed. So, um, you know, after kind of, you know, realizing that you probably have it, um, and, you know, I know you, you mentioned in your, your post that you did what you could to kind of uh, isolate from Mari and Numa and stuff like that. What were some of the things that um, you were doing actively to um, make sure that you were being safe for your family as well as uh, for yourself to be like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that I get healthy and beat this thing um, as fast as pos possible. Do you have any sort of uh, things that you were kind of doing? Yeah, so, um, I mean, luckily this was kind of already habitual in terms of eating healthy and drinking lots of fluids. Um, we're, me and Mari are vegan, so we're used to eating plant-based. Um, and I, I think that was pretty key in like us, you know, being healthy throughout this experience. We were taking a lot of turmeric um, to help with the, the, the muscle recovery for me. And also um, was taking echinacea uh, every, every day. Um, and obviously with like, uh, just sweating a lot, just constantly changing clothes and making sure I'm clean. Like I've never gone through so much laundry in my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, just doing as much as I can. But at the end of the day, like, you know, when you, when you live in a home with somebody and you're just like, 
at that time, still not a lot of information was out about, you know, how it's contracted. People were still thinking it's airborne at that time. So we're, I, I was literally like locking myself in the guest bedroom and like, I love you guys. Like, I'll see you like tomorrow. Or I would walk by, like Numa would be crying, like sitting on the floor, like dad picked me up, like looking at me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want you to think that I hate you. Um, I can't pick you up right now. And just doing as much as I can to avoid that. But, um, you know, there's uh, obviously washing your hands and whatnot and, and taking multiple showers a day. Um, and uh, yeah, and just like I said, eating healthy. That's kind of what I was trying to do. Yeah. So that, that time that you were really trying to be pretty extreme about isolating, how much time did you say that was? Um, it was about, so the, the, whole, the whole rule was like if you were traveling from New York to, to quarantine for 14 days. So we, we did that. We actually went the extra mile and did like two and a half, three weeks just to be sure. And then um, based off of the medical official suggestions, they were saying to, um, from the first day you started showing symptoms, go two weeks from there to isolate yourself like by yourself. So it was about, so I started backtracking to the day after Beyond Babel, which I, when I started feeling muscle aches, just to be safe, to go as far back as I could. Um, and, uh, and just isolated from there. And once I, once I cleared that, um, you know, I, I was okay. But um, in the whole, like Mari was fine. She was, she was just like, uh, she had a couple of headaches here and there, but she, she didn't show many symptoms at all. But uh, Numa started getting like a raspy voice and started showing a, a sore throat. So we kept adding like seven days, 14 days at a time because, you know, I would show a symptom and then like, oh my God, my, I can't taste and smell. So let me add another seven days to it um, as far as isolating ourselves from the rest of our neighborhood. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Numa, after a week after her, her, her raspy voice, she, she caught a fever. So that was when we were able to get into testing because up until that point, the doctors were saying, no, you're good, you're healthy, don't waste our tests. We have very limited amount, so just stay home, quarantine. So that's when we finally got in and, and went through that whole test experience. Man, that's wild. Uh, so um, you guys didn't actually get tested, right? You said you guys were clinically diagnosed. Was that, so what, what, what does that mean? Yeah, so that basically what that means is the doctor you know, um, believes that we have coronavirus, basically the max kind of diagnosis that you can get without a test. And um, she was pretty clear from the bat as far as when I was explaining symptoms and explaining like us traveling from New York and other people that we were working with contracting coronavirus. She was like, without a doubt, you guys have coronavirus. She actually said that up until that point, we had been the most like um, uh, coronavirus symptomatic family that she has seen. Um, so we just took the, she took the precautions as if we had tested positive and everything. She gave us the option to test Numa, um, simply because they don't have as many statistics on like, on less than one year olds, but she was suggesting against it because they only had, there's basically two tests. Um, I don't know if it's different now, but at that time there was only two tests where they do an e-swab, which is a, they use a cotton thing to, or Q-tip, whatever, to swab the inside of your nose. Um, or the the patient actually can swab it themselves and then put it into a tube and, and then hand it to the nurse. Whereas the the more invasive um, original kind of test, which is where a lot of doctors and nurses were getting sick from, was the throat swab, 
which they have to get back like in the, uh, in the, in the back of your throat and then get five swipes of that. And that takes, that's very aggressive and it takes like uh, a few seconds each swipe. And, and with that kind of test, that's gonna cause you to cough. So that's why all these nurses were having problems with their masks because they're just getting coughed on constantly because of this testing. So for us, we we're like, I don't want to get you sick. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get this doctor sick. I don't want to have my daughter cough all over you and be responsible for your contracting coronavirus. And she had said at that point too, was like, with this kind of test, you're going to wait seven to 10 days, most likely 10 days. And by the time that 10 days comes by, you're going to be recovered and it's not going to do anything for you. So for us, we thought we can help saving our doctor's safety and also um, eventual people who might need the test more than us. Um, so it was, it was the logical thing to do in our, in our minds. That's crazy, man. Um, yeah, I, also, man, um, props to you guys for even really uh, thinking to that uh, extent of, um, you know, preserving tests for people that would also need it to looking out for the safety of the the medical professionals that would be taking care of you guys. Um, so are you guys now currently, uh, Mari, Numa, you guys all good now? How, how is everybody feeling? Yeah, everyone's symptom free. Thank God, man. We, we've, um, it's been about a week and a half, maybe, maybe two weeks since Numa's last symptoms, which is like basically two and a half weeks since Numa's first symptoms. So we've like gone the extra mile to make sure that we're in the clear. We haven't, you know, really seen anybody and um, outside of like my mom or my dad dropping some groceries off for us um, and staying outside the door and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we're, we're healthy and ready to go. I mean, we've been trained even like in the beginning when I was sick, I only had a few days of being restless and feeling anxious. But like the kind of person I am, I can't sit around for more than a day or even three hours, I can't sit around. So as soon as I was like able to move, I was like, let's go, get me in the, get me in the garage. Um, let's like, I'm gonna train my stuff. I'm gonna choreograph, whatever I gotta do, get my body back in shape. Cause I wasn't even knowing like, I might go to, I might go back to be on Babel like in two weeks and I don't wanna be out of shape um, at that time. So uh, just, it was good to keep that rhythm and, and we've been staying busy. So that's, it's been a good thing. Freaking Kiobi dude, love it man. Um, but so, I know that there uh, a lot of there isn't actual like conclusive evidence yet, but people are thinking that once you've had it and it passed, you build up your your immunity to it. Um, uh, but I'm sure it's still obviously safest to uh, continue to practice the physical distancing and, and everything that um, everyone is still recommending. But um, I mean, you guys <laughs> are super blessed, man, and and. Uh, you guys are kind of like the the freaking Incredibles right now. You guys are the <laughs> the super family, dude. You guys beat Corona. Um, so you know, it's funny too that uh, as I was like after you had come back, um, you know, you guys shot the Justin Bieber music video in Central Park, and so that even to me, I was like, man, you guys even had time to shoot a Justin Bieber music video in Central Park and like and then seeing the videos that you're I love the I love the you uh, Mari Numa dance videos man those are the freaking best dance videos in the world uh yeah man like uh you know as you were talking about like staying um healthy and staying ready and, and kind of still pushing yourself uh you know so mentality wise right now 
I think everybody's getting stir crazy in quarantine and, um, you know, the, the lockdown, um, officially has been extended now to May 15th and who oh, knows? Wait, has but, it? I haven't even seen that news yet. Oh yeah. It's, it's official. It's official. We are, we are lot The lockdown is extended to May 15th. Um, and, uh, yeah, who knows whether that will go beyond. And I think, um, you know, as, as we keep getting news, you know, about, you know, the, the, the extension of these lockdowns or whatever, it can get discouraging. It can get, um, yeah, like it, it can get demoralizing. And, and for somebody, you know, who is like, who just kind of barely beat it, is like, all right, time to get back to training. So um, what is what has been kind of like your motivating, um, I guess, force to uh, continue to stay in a place where you're not only just looking out for your physical health, which is obviously important, but, you know, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, there's so many factors right now that, um, people are looking to kind of, um, you know, gain some inspiration. So for yourself, um, you know, during a quarantine time, how are you kind of, uh, staying motivated and, and kind of staying up during this time? Yeah, I think, um, that's a good question, Ben. I'm, uh, I think Mar and I had a conversation about this once uh, the whole, the original timeline of April 30th when it came out at the end of March. And I was like, oh my God, that's a long time from now. Um, you know, what are we going to do? And I think the question that we asked ourselves was, um, what kind of person do we want to be when this whole thing is over? You know, what kind of person, what kind of actions did we take during this time? And that, those questions, um, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to level up and I got to come out, you know, the Goku training, like crazy buff and whatever, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I got to come out like um, infinitely better than I was when I came in. No, like that's, I don't think that's what that means is, is like, do I feel better uh, as, a, as a human? Did I take the actions to do what I could to contribute to um, the world? Whether that's as simple as staying home, you know what I mean? Like what... Did I take a day to maybe like come off of that, um, uh, that rule and just because I wanted to hang out with someone so bad? Um, or, you know, did I stay home or did I, you know, donate to whatever cause I could? Did I try and, you know, level myself up on, on whatever? So that's just kind of the mindset we've been having. Um, you know, we've been, um, we came up with a routine throughout the day, uh, for for the Monday through Saturday um, schedule, which is basically like we have our morning routine from from 7:30 to about 10:30, which is you know I walk the dogs, we do breakfast, we do breakfast as a family. Um, you know we have morning time with Numa, which she's like so happy in the morning when she wakes up. So we we play time in the bed and um, all that stuff, and then we get into about that 10:30, 11 o'clock slot is like. It's either Mari goes in to train or like or read or have some individual time, whatever she feels like she needs to do. And then in the afternoon we switch. So like while the other one's with Numa, the other one's working on themselves as an individual. And then we come back at five, six o'clock for like family time and uh dinner. Dinner's important to us right now where we all have dinner as a family. Numa's starting to feed herself. So she's grabbing at like um uh sweet potatoes and pears or whatever and feeding herself that way and um so that's that's been like basically our monday through saturday and sundays like today is just like dedicated family day do nothing make sure you reset the mind reset the body so that you're excited to go in on a monday 
and get to work. Um, you know, we, we've, we're fortunate to have some equipment in our garage. I know not everyone has that opportunity, but just, you know, getting up and stretching or getting up and doing some push-ups, or whatever, will make you feel all the, all the difference in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, again, that's sort of been our mindset throughout this whole thing. Um, I personally, I've, I've been trying to, um, uh, up my game, my director game, as far as like studying. Um, I've been on a masterclass a lot. Um, I just took, um, uh, Judd Apatow's, um, director, writer course. And then I, right now I'm taking Martin Scorsese's course. Um, and I've just been learning a lot. I, I just got <laughs> invested into a new camera because I knew that we'd be in here this whole time and just trying to like play around with that, get better with that. Um, try to figure out how to work better with actors, trying to take classes as an actor to try to figure out how I can um, tell stories better with movement. And all that tying into my work is, is what I've been trying to level up because I, I learned so much. I'm like taking a crash course by directing these incredible actors on Broadway that I'm coming home with so much information to like really digest into. So it's been a lot of that um, and uh, trying to stay off of the news, you know what I mean? It's like I do my daily check of the news because it's important to have that information. But there's those daily moments, man, where you just, you know, for every, everyone out there who's like feeling, you know, who has those moments of feeling down, days where you're feeling down, man, that's, that's fine. That's completely fine. Even if you go throughout, throughout this whole experience feeling just like really down, the important thing is that everyone is going to come out of this experience better. You know, everyone's going to come out of this, this experience wanting to interact with humans, wanting to, to, to or cherishing that, that time to interact with other people in person. So um, I think all of this, unfortunately, we have to go through this, but I think all of this is going to make us all better. And um, it's been it's been OK. It's been OK so far. All freaking great advice, man. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't expect anything different coming from you, bro. Um, for yourself, you know, after whenever this is all kind of done in terms of official lockdown lift and all that, um, what do you feel like uh, you're learning um, in general? I guess it could be about yourself, about the world, about um, when something like this happens. Because, um, you know, even as you're saying all the things that you're doing, you know, you're, you're taking all these courses and stuff. What What that tells me is that, like, there's nothing different about how you how you are in a time like this than when the world wasn't like this. Like you're still gonna do the things that you do. So um, I guess you know, but because of this unique time that hopefully we'll never experience ever again in our lifetimes, um, what do you feel like you're learning um, in general? I guess yeah, whether it be about yourself, about the world, or what are you what are you learning right now? Um. Maybe, maybe just that, like going back to uh, the question that we asked ourselves of like, what did we do during this time? And I know it's super simple and cliche, but just that act of kindness, like, like what, what kind of kindness were you using in, in this time? And I, I only bring that up because, um, actually a personal story that we haven't shared yet, um, uh, which is after we we shared that experience on social media um, about our coronavirus experience, which was actually really hard to share. Like I, like it was a lot of days of like, you know, drafting it, you know, in your in your social media and then rewriting it and then and thinking about should I do this, should I not? Um, 
once we shared it, it was like, okay, it was a weight lifted because we saw that it was positively affecting people, which is what, what we were hoping for. Like, we weren't hoping for like a, a woe is me, like give me attention or a like um, giving wrong ad, uh, advice or anything like that. It was like a big responsibility we felt like because we, we saw that like in the dance community, a lot of people were still getting together and dancing. So we're, we just wanted to give, um, you know, hopefully some, some direct connection to this coronavirus thing. But after that, um, some, some people in our local neighborhood started harassing my family in terms of, um, you know, posting on neighborhood Facebook pages and making up or posting false information and saying that we were going around spreading coronavirus, that, you know, we had traveled while, you know, having coronavirus or that my mom, you know, came over and then went out. Um, my mom's actually been doing amazing things during this time and delivering to like 10 to 15 families. Um, uh, food who uh, families who need food who don't have the money to supply for them um, for their kids right now and like anyways posting all this negativity and it just got me thinking like man that's your response to this pandemic like that's your response to um, you know what's going on right now you like you have the opportunity to maybe talk directly to us and to question what we were doing and even then like what is our motive going to be? Like, are we going around trying to kill people by spreading coronavirus? Like, that's, that's the kind of people we are. So I, I think, like, really asking ourselves, what did we do during this time? And, and how did we maximize the kind of person that we could have been? And um, that's what we've been trying to do. That's what we've been learning a lot of, like, um, just... I actually like outside of Tiger King, we haven't been watching too much Netflix um, and just spending time with more uh, with Numa most of the time. So that's been great. And I think it's taught me a lot with uh, just where life is at right now. Yeah, man. Uh, also, really, really good um, takeaways, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is a it is a weird time. And I know that a lot of people, um, I mean, it's, it's human to uh, uh be afraid, you know what I mean? And I think when people are uh, afraid of something that they don't know much about, um, you know, the response can be, um, yeah, to uh, come up with a bunch of assumptions and, and uh, point fingers, or, um, or you can choose to, yeah, like, I don't know the information, you know, maybe you might not know everything, but what you can do and what we do have the ability and control over is to be kind and it is to um you know look out for your neighbor uh in the same way that you would hope that you would be looked out for man so um that's that that's awesome man thank you for sharing that um uh we want to get into a uh, quick lightning round with you so we we got an hour we get an hour on this ig live so we're kind of like speeding through some stuff and then we want, also want to take some uh q a from our uh people who are on this feed but i'm gonna shoot some questions at you in lightning fashion, three, two, one. What's your favorite snack? Ooh, oh, favorite snack. Uh, 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 right now, I'm gonna say, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like these veggie puffs. It's basically the vegan Cheeto puffs. That's what it is. Nice, I know exactly what that is. Uh, what is your favorite vegetable? Oh man, um, uh, uh, bok choy. What is your quarantine guilty pleasure? Cookies and cream ice cream. 
What would be a content recommendation during this time? Masterclass. It's expensive, but it's totally worth it. What's your favorite book? That's really hard. I'll say the favorite book I've recently read, which is called Originals. Originals. What is your hidden talent? Oh man, uh, I don't know if it's hidden. I feel like I've shared it. Um, shoot. I'm gonna say I'm really good at putting Numa to sleep. I'm the Sandman in the house. The Sandman. Uh, who are you listening to a lot of these days? Whether it's music, whether it's a podcast, or yeah, what are you listening to? Mm, go back to Masterclass again, because there's like a podcast mode of that. As far as music goes, um, just whatever. I'm on the Apple playlist, New Music Daily, so whatever comes up on that, I'm just trying to stay fresh with what my music selection is. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh. I'm going to say flying because I have a fear of heights and I feel like that would help me with my fear of heights. <laughs> sure would. What is your superpower? Mm. I think um, my, my determination to, uh, to use movement as a uh, platform for story. What is your biggest fear? Anything going wrong with my family? What is a bucket list item for you? Oh. Uh, going to the Philippines with my grandfather and him showing me where he grew up. Amazing. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Keep going. I know that's cliche, but man, don't change the course. The course is what it's supposed to be. And even with the downs, it may suck right now, but you're going to be better from it. Uh, less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? Um, hmm. This is super cliche, but less, less of hate and more love. Solid. Um, in your guys' first episode, I, th I think you guys, your golden rule was love God and love people. So um, that's uh, unless you have something to add to that. But I would wonder what would be a message that you would want to leave to Numa when she would listen to an episode like this of her dad talking. <laughs> oh my! This is God, a light that is lightning deep. round is done now. This is not a lightning. You can kind of uh, you can kind of marinate on that one. But yeah, what would be a message to your daughter that you'd want to leave to her? Oh my God! There's so many messages. I, I would start with the the thing that that we said before because that sounds really great. <laughs> but um, I would. I would tell her, this is kind of what I tell a lot of my students, which is to, um, to ask why um, and to be curious, uh, because I feel like when you ask why, those answers um, help you, help you discover more about who you are and what you like, um, what you don't like, why you didn't like that. Um, and 
yeah and i wish i knew about that that concept uh before it, w it wasn't really until i dove more into story about asking why with you know story choices but I, in life i feel like that's such a valuable lesson to have why do you love dance why do you love that why do you you know why are your parents talking to you like that those kinds of answers will teach you so much that's freaking amazing i love that cool so we're actually going to transition over to some q a cool let's see where are we at here q a q a time so thank you guys for tossing in these questions shout out charlie for compiling virtually charlie. all right this question comes from at the real dark asian oh real dark asian <laughs> Mentally, how do y'all deal with people who believe they are above the virus? Wow, that's a big question. Man. I mean, how can you? How can you deal with, like, people who, who think that they're above anything? I mean, it's, it's really, like, it kind of goes back to just trying to be loving and be kind because that, that's the kind of thing that people like that hate, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, hopefully it teaches them. But, uh, yeah, I would just try to just, like... Be as loving and as kind, and, you know, m my pastor would always say, like, you don't have to like the person, but you can love the person, so, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, this one comes from at mia.pero.no.tuya. Man, you guys have some really interesting, awesome Instagram handles. <laughs> uh, oh, how was Mari and Numa? <laughs> they are great. They are upstairs right now trying to avoid making any noises for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, this one comes from at cartikea underscore no new underscore. How do you create choreography after listening to the song? Ooh, your choreography process. This is the freaking golden question that it's, everybody's it's wondering. It's the question, the choreo process. Uh, for me, it changes a lot because it, it really depends on what you're trying to do. So uh, ask yourself what what you want to get out of the piece first. So do you want it to go on video? Do you want it, is it just for yourself to make? Do you want it to be with people, with 30 people, with two people, with five people? Those kinds of questions will help to build the piece and give you more of a vision. And then you can go and attack and uh, go in and, and attack the moves. Making moves is actually like one of the last things that I do because if I don't have a clear direction on what my intention is when I'm making the moves, then I'm just making moves aimlessly, which is fine because sometimes I go in and I'm like, I just want to dance to the song and I want to make moves aimlessly because that satisfies me in a different way. But if I want to go in with like story or whatever and intention, then I have to really ask those questions to myself. And then I go in and attack and then it's really just like play music and, uh, and freestyle and, and discover and structure and restructure. I am so annoying in particular with my process because I will come up with like 9,000 options just to know that 8,999 options didn't work and that one option was good. You know what I mean? I'm that type of person. So um, that's my process so far. The dance moves are your least of your worries. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one comes from at Rohit Batnagar. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, how many hours do you train yourself? I guess I, in I a day. Yeah. What yeah, does your training yeah. look like? Um, currently, I, I don't. I guess I don't think about like how many hours. It's like how many, how many sessions do I get in um, in a week? Like out of the days of the week, how how much do I work? And then, like right now, it's usually like okay, get in a session of 
like an hour to 90 minutes of training physically my body and then spend an hour or two on just dance stuff. Um, so that's about the rhythm every day and then take a recovery day. Take one day where we're like, okay, I know this piece is like really heavy on my legs. So I'm going to stay light on my legs on this workout. I'm going to go harder on my arms or vice versa. So it really depends. Sweet. Um, this one, who is this come? This one just flew in right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, at Lil Blue Rider 13, do you have any tattoos that mean something important? Oh my God. Every single one means import is important. <laughs> I would hope so. Right? I got one on my ribs. I got one on my finger. That's like, uh, uh, our like little ampersand logo, but also like Mari's best friend designed it. Uh, I got a Numa tattoo on my ribs. That's uh, every, every one is meaningful. Of course. Love it. Love it. Uh Oh, this one is I'm literally coming in as Charlie's typing right now. Who's the nine member group he's working with? Are you working with a nine-member group? I can't say that. <laughs> I can say, though, that this was the craziest K-pop experience I have ever had, and I do not want to do it again. Like, <laughs> nine-person group while you're quarantined, doing it by yourself. I was literally trying to clone myself via editing and, like, trying to get five of me in one room. Mind you, like, the lines don't work. You know, with editing, it doesn't work. So it was, and I had to learn, like, seven different parts for just, like, two. It was stupid way too much work for one person it's way better to work with nine people but anyways i can't say that yeah okay yeah that one's confidential guys um i think for the sake of time we're gonna have to let that be the last last question thank you guys for um sending in those questions thank you for tuning into this live pod keone thank you so much for coming on man first and foremost i'm so glad to see your face healthy and your family, hearing the news of your family being healthy, man, that is just the best news. So um, thank you for being honest um, and, and vulnerable. Uh, yeah, like, like you said earlier that, um, you know, this is a scary time and there's nothing uh, wrong with being afraid. It, it, it's, it's human. Um, but I think just the way that you guys are uh, choosing to uh, vocalize uh, from the, the platform that you guys have um, in such a way where I feel like it's responsible, um, it's honest, it's, uh, it's genuine, and, and even the way that you are talking about um, the way that people are reacting to you guys, good or bad, um, but how you guys are receiving that and still what, what, whatever your output is, that's just, um, it's a testament to your guys' hearts. And um, yeah, just you guys um, are being just great role models and great examples. And um, Thank you so much for coming on here and, and talking to us and sharing your story. Um, but for whoever may not know, like, yeah, how can people follow? I mean, what, with social media, I'm pretty sure everyone's already following you. But I mean, just in case they're not, I mean, how can they follow your journey? Yeah, uh, at Keone Madrid or KeoneMari.com. All our socials just update on there, too. Word, word. We'll plug all that stuff in the notes. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in today on this uh, wonderful Sunday Easter um, and uh, if you guys are listening to this here, well, you're here on IG Live. But if not, and you're going to listen to it on your podcast uh, platforms, your apps, uh, we're posting the audio of these uh, podcasts every Wednesday of that week. So this will come up on Wednesday. Um, if you guys are liking it, just screenshot your phone, tag us at Kinja's Podcast Cast with the K, um, DM me. I love regramming 
all that stuff. What's up, Ving? Um, and uh, let us know what you're digging, what you're learning, uh, what's good, how we can improve. Uh, we're still learning how to, you know, do these things during quarantine. So the audio is not going to be, the, I'm, by here, I'm by myself, I don't have a normal crew, but we're figuring it out. We're going to post this audio um, in the best way that we can. Um, leave us a, a five-star rating, you know, uh, leave us a review um, that helps us get visibility, all that. Hey, Mari, I miss you too. Sending you a big hug. Mari, um, come downstairs and say hi to everybody. <laughs> yeah, we got like two minutes where we can say hi to Mari. But yeah, thank you guys so much, so much. Uh, we hope that you guys are being safe, being, uh, yeah, physical distancing is different from social distancing. Yeah, I'm socializing right now. You know, you got to socialize. We got to stay connected, stay in community, uh, but wash your hands, stay up, stay positive, um, get your routines. You know, there's a lot that you could be doing to grow during this time. And um, yeah, we, we miss you guys. We hope to be able to be physically with you guys in person. Keone, Mari, Numa, we want to see you guys in person. We love you guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is about to end, so we're going to end it here. Wait, I think oh, wait, wait, Mari. Mari, hurry. Wait, Mari. Hurry, Mari. Almost. We got there one. Yay. Mari, Numa. Woo. Love you guys. Yeah. Okay, love you guys. Thanks, guys. Happy love Sunday, y'all. Peace. So